children it is rupak in the future talking to you in your present from the past back again this week with more stupid thoughts and limited perspectives i just had an ambulance zoom by a moment before i hit record so there may be another siren blasting by any second now. But until that happens, thanks again for joining me once more and uh, listening to me ramble on about nothing. It's been... uh, been a weird time I didn't mention it last episode but uh, a couple days before recording last week's show bless you Tina Joey I'm sorry I kicked the stand Uh, Joey Jordison died so uh, I don't know it's one of those things that I don't know just sort of happened and I didn't think I would feel any way about it one way or the other but it actually did it did bum me out I I'm kind of upset, you know, I, I really liked, really like, I guess, this is the correct way, Slipknot, um, when I was in middle school, uh, right between 7th and 8th grade is when the first Slipknot album came out. And you know, I remember I would see pictures of these guys that people had in their folders from the old circus magazines, and kind of getting a little pissed you know the whole idea of uh, Michael Myers-esque jumpsuits and masks was something that I wanted to I guess get to first but they did it right they did it right for sure and I don't remember exactly how I ended up hearing it was uh, Wait and Bleed 
That was the big hit for the first time. Actually, I remember the first time I ever really heard it was some kid was in my class singing it uh, out loud under his headphones. And just by the the structure, by the structure of the vocals, it sounded so brutal. <laughs> and then when I once I actually heard it, you know, it's uh, definitely blew me away, man. It's one of those songs that, you know, as I got older, <coughs> excuse me, as I got older and got into, sorry again, as I got older and got into death metal and, and grind and all the, all that fun stuff, you know, going back and listening to that song, it doesn't sound like anything particularly heavy you know not that it's not heavy but it doesn't have maybe as much screaming as I thought it did when I was a kid and you know the the guitars aren't as distorted as you kind of want to remember or as loud I guess as you want to remember but uh definitely definitely just it, i remember hearing it and just kind of accepting it as this new level of brutality having arrived and this was well during the the uh, height of popularity of new metal. It just didn't sound like new metal. It sounded like metal, metal, you know, kind of death metal ish. And anyway. So I was immediately hooked and oh, I got a dog crying and um, I, I wanted to see them so bad for, for so long and I'm really terrible with this where I, for some reason in my mind I just don't, as much as I want to see a band, I don't prioritize it. I don't, you know, going out to shows and stuff is fine. It can be fine. It's fun. It, it can be a cool thing, but I think in a way I almost worry that, like, what if I get a bad show, you know? And if I get a bad show and then I just don't, and it, it can sour me on a, on a group or whatever. So, uh, I think that's why I tend to not want to jump on it as soon as I should. 
So, regrettably, by the time I did see Slipknot, they had already lost Paul Gray, who was the bass player, the original bass player. Not the flashiest bass player, he was left-handed, but a very solid bass player and a definite riff machine, you know? He just had a good way of stacking his notes. And, um... So, unfortunately, Paul was no longer with us by the time I saw them. And I didn't realize at the time, uh, when I did see them, that uh, Joey was no longer in the band. Um, For whatever reason, they had not long before kicked him out. And so when I saw Slipknot, it was with some new bass player that I, I don't remember his name or anything. He he did fine, you know, didn't ruin anything. Um, And the drummer was Max Weinberg's son, which is crazy because... I've never been a Springsteen or E Street fan. But I knew the Weinberg name from growing up watching Conan O'Brien. And it was cool, you know, to get to see them. And again, like the bass player, you know, uh, Mr. Weinberg didn't ruin anything, but didn't necessarily stand out, I guess, the way Joey used to, you know? There was something pretty amazing about seeing, uh, and I mean this with all due respect, but a little guy like Joey just fucking destroy a drum set, man. He was definitely one of the, really the only drummer that I can think of that I saw and was genuinely impressed by because it wasn't, it wasn't that he was going, you know, a hundred miles per hour and hitting everything he could. There's also something about expressing a fluidity on the drum set that I am positive is not an, you know, not an easy, natural thing to do. I've seen hundreds of drummers in my life by now. And, you know, Some can play pretty technical, 
Some play pretty fast. Some play heavy, if that makes any sense. Uh, but yeah, there was something about the way Joey played kind of reminded me No, not that it reminded me. It, it just felt like he popularized this death metal-esque way of drumming that just kind of always blew me away. So anyway... All that just to say, you know, rest in peace, Joey, and it was shocking to hear that he had passed, and just weird, weird to know that it'll it'll never be possible to see that old lineup again in Slipknot you know they're still going they're still recording but as time goes on right it's like we're just getting further and further away from where it all started I think I recently heard that uh Chris is no longer in the band. He was one of the one of the percussionists with the the long nose, the Pinocchio guy. So he's no longer in the band. I don't know if he's going to be replaced, but it seems that you know, Slipknot being the product that it is now. You know, you need to have a certain number of members up on stage, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think what's upsetting about it is, uh, You know, the immediate reflection on one's own mortality. And that can be an upsetting thing because no matter what, there is no avoiding these things. And, uh, you know, by no means was Joey a young man, but by absolutely no means was he seemingly due to pass, you know? I mean, 
I think he was only 46. Which is insane. But, yeah. Anyway. It's, uh... This has been a weird time. Overall. Overall and through and through and... I don't know. I know I've said it before, but it's crazy how you know, the older I get, the less sure-footed I feel. And actually, the more confused I feel and the more lost I feel and I don't know it's weird to have a sense of my mental health deteriorating in a way there's something there some kind of need that I'm not fulfilling but I don't know what it is so it just feels like a runaway runaway freight train it's just taking me along with it anyway I uh had a jam with uh, a friend of mine the old uh, Christian buddy and in a moment of getting to use an amp on my own in the practice space I played a riff that I had recently birthed and uh, my buddy walks in from outside I think he had gone to grab water or whatever. And he gave a bit of a backhanded compliment. (laughs) 
So he says, first thing he says is, nice choice, you know, about the notes. And the next thing he says, it's a weird mix. And I don't remember if he said triads or tritones or some, some stupid shit like that. And, you know, I said thanks and we moved on. But I came to realize after the fact that, you know, this guy, sorry, kicked the stand. This guy's been playing bass about as long as I have, and no offense to the guy, I don't think he'll hear this, but it's not very good. It's not that he's bad, or that he doesn't know what he's doing, but there's, you know, let's say a a skill gap between us. And as I mentioned, this gentleman is a a Christian man. And it came to hit me way after the practice, but... See, he pointed out that I was playing tritones or whatever the fuck, which, by the way, is not how I thought of it or was intentionally structuring it or but I realized he is so aware of that that it's it's uh It's like a piece of the language that he refuses to speak, right? I'd say the language being music. And I don't know. I I try not to be judgmental, but Fuck, no wonder, no wonder he fucking sucks, you know? There's literally notes that he can't play, not because he can't, it's just that he's afraid, he's not, they're not godly, they're not, you know, Jesus wouldn't approve. Whatever the fuck he thinks. And I... I... I don't know. It... It... it. I think it kind of explained in a way why... All of his stuff always sounds so bland... It's just the blandest, most boring shit. You know? Uh, 
that's because he's afraid. He not not afraid. That may, may not be right, but he's just unwilling to use the full capacity of the fretboard, you know? Because God forbid he plays a fucking tritone. That is some ridiculous fucking bullshit, man. It's, uh... It's just mind-blowing to me, you know? That this... This thing that is... That can be so liberating and so therapeutic and... You know, the guy... I know he loves music and... and I don't know. It's just such a deficiency. And a deficiency willingly imposed that serves no benefit other than, I don't know, I guess not offending Jesus. I don't know. It's just been on my mind. And, uh... It's just such a weird thing, you know? These guys, all this guy, makes... You know, makes up songs and stuff, and... He wants to make a band and all this, and... You know, because I've known him for so long, and he's not a bad person, you know. I think he tries, if anything, to, to really be a good person, and I love him for that, but... It always... It always blew my... It blows my mind. Where... Say I wanted to start playing live so I start you know I get a drummer and a guitar player and, and uh, whatever else I might need and if not not one single song presented a challenge to the musicians I was trying to work with I might get a little bothered, you know, I, I, I might suddenly be a little self-aware of like, oh, is my stuff so basic that it just takes no kind of learning curve? You know, is it so basic that it's literally just, hey, this guy can, you know, whoever can just pick it up and play it and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that right but I would want at least in my thinking in my work I would like for it to reflect some kind of 
effort and skill and uh, creativity, you know? But this guy never seemed, never ever seems bothered that, you know, he, he starts showing me a song and before he's done showing it to me, I already know it. Like he, there's no, it's bland. It's like the blandest, most basic. It tends to be a lot of ascending notes. So, you know. We start here and we end up here just going up. You just go up. Go up a note and then go up to the next note and then go up to the next note. And that's it. Start over. And that's not to say that there can't be good songs done in that way, right? Sometimes, uh, sometimes a simpler thing can be better, but... It's always the same thing, you know? It's like... It's like food without flavor, without any kind of spice, no kind of surprise, no fucking nothing. And I guess I kind of understand why a little better now. I don't know, and in a weird way, I guess it, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I think some things are just better left alone. So I think with that thought, I won't spin my tires much longer. As always, take care of yourself, children. Mm-hmm.